Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jacob Stover, and this is my podcast, Emerging Disciples. I just want to welcome y'all back for another week of this podcast. Um, again, just before we get started, uh, if you have not listened to my other episodes, I encourage you to go do that. Uh, just get to know me better. Uh, listen to that very first episode of my testimony. The audio may sound a little off. Um, that's because I used to just record on my phone or my laptop, but now I actually have a microphone. It's nothing special. It's just an Amazon mic, but I don't know. I just felt like I needed better sound quality. So uh, just go give those listens. Uh, try to bear with the audio. I hope that this audio is better for y'all. Um, but anyways, I'm just in the comfort of my bedroom. I'm just a, I'm just a dude just recording uh, my thoughts on uh, scripture and just day-to-day life, uh, things like that. I'm a youth pastor at Aiton Baptist Church. Um, and just to give you guys a rundown of kind of what we've been talking about uh, in our youth group has been, uh, we've been going over the fruits of the Spirit. Um, and so I would like to just talk about one of those that um, we just talked about last uh, Wednesday when we had church, and it was self-control. Uh, but before I get into that, um, I'm just I'm just thinking like for reference, if you want to know like who you're listening to, it's a good idea to go listen to that testimony because um, this is one of the biggest fruits of the spirit that I struggled with and still, um, you know, and still do at times um, with self-control because I feel like it's very hard to um, tell yourself yes when you want to say no, if that makes sense, and tell yourself no when you want to say yes. And so we're going to kind of get into that um, a little bit, but just tell y'all about my um, about my week. I'm also, you know, uh, long-term subbing at uh, the junior high school here in my uh, here in town. Uh, so I'm so I'm there Monday through Friday from eight in the morning till four p.m. And I'm the I'm the PE uh, or physical education uh, coach or teacher. But um, so that's interesting, uh, having a bunch of eighth graders, you know, um, you know, under your, I guess, under your, I don't know, under your control, kind of, if you can keep them controlled, um, but in a gym, so they can kind of get to move around a little bit and stuff like that. But it's been good. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity of, of being able to do that. And, you know, I'm just passionate about the lives of students, you know, and that just that age group of seventh through 12th grade, I feel like um, it can set you up for, you know, failure (laughs) or it can set you up for success. Those years are very critical. Uh, Same thing with college too. You just make a lot of decisions. You come to a lot of crossroads, um, especially with your faith too. And so I just think that um, it's a place where you can mature or a place where you can kind of do it all wrong and fall apart. Um, but anyways, uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a good, it's been a good week. I'm also a graduate student. So I've been doing grad school work as long, like alongside those two other jobs, you know, youth pastor, long-term sub and, um, and grad school work. So I talked a little bit about like two episodes ago about busyness and kind of how God can use that still. Um, but also how like some there's dangers to busyness as well. But, um, anyways, I kind of want to like, um, kind of just, I don't know, saturate this lesson with scripture. And so I'm going to kind of go over a lot of scripture quickly. I'm hoping that because I've already taught this 
um, message or lesson, I guess, uh, to, to the youth group that, um, I'm a little bit more fluent with it and a little bit more, um, I guess, succinct with my thoughts, but you never know. Sometimes I like to, uh, ramble on and on and get long winded. And sometimes I just need to be quiet and less is more, but I really try to fight that a little bit, but anyways, so we're talking about self-control and fruits of the spirit and, if you don't have reference to the fruits of the spirit, I encourage you to go to Galatians chapter five, um, verses 22 and 23. They kind of talk about the fruits of the spirit, but right before that, they talk about the fruits or the acts of the flesh. And so this is pertaining to Christians. And I, I kind of look at fruits of the spirit as like a self-evaluation. So like, if you are a Christian, if you have been saved by faith and grace alone, right? Um, Romans 1 17 says that the just shall live by faith. And so these fruits of the spirit don't happen unless you're living by faith. And so that faith needs to be in Jesus Christ, the one true, um, and only son of God. And so without that, um, you know, talking about the fruits of the spirit, um, does nothing for your salvation. Um, this is, you know, a, an evaluation towards just to show yourself to uh, self-reflect on areas of your life that you need to mature as a Christian. So again, if you are a believer, these are this is evidence that you you have believed um, and that you are saved. You know, but just because you don't have one of them or you don't have a few of them or you struggle with a few of them, um, doesn't mean that you're not necessarily saved. It just might mean that God needs to work um, in you and is probably working in you already. Um, to to help better you in those things, whether that's patience or kindness um, or, you know, love or, or any of those. Um, but anyways, we're talking about self-control, which is actually the last one listed. And it's one that I really struggled with, um, you know, just growing up because I was exposed to pornography um, when I was on a winter retreat. When I was, well, how old was I? I was like, I don't know, I was 11 or 12. Um, and so I was exposed to, you know, an image of a naked woman um, when I was that age. And ever since then, that kind of um, drew me to, you know, uh, to seeking that out more and to kind of finding out what that was. And so curiosity also is a very, very uh, driving factor. And so like, my curiosity got the best of me and kept me um, leading down a path that would be in my life, you know, and continue to be in my life, you know, for a very, very long time. And so not to say that I don't face temptations now because I do. Um, but I think the difference is, is now um, I'm actively fighting against it and I've act, and I'm actively resisting it. I'm act, and I'm actively fleeing from it um, because that's actually um, one distinct um command that you know paul gives or words of advice is to flee uh sexual immorality or flee the temptation you know um and i think it's great advice but anyways so let's get into some scripture and it's going to be first peter um chapter 1 verses 13 through 23 let me read it for you it says therefore prepare your minds for action 
be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear, for you know that it is it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. And now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living God and enduring word of God. All right, so... Um, so any, there's a lot to unpack there, um, but there's this, there's this, um, you know, this command that, uh, Peter is giving, you know, uh, Christians and he's saying, prepare your minds like, um, to be self-controlled, you have to, you have to prepare your mind, your thoughts too, because that's a lot of the time where it originates, because your thoughts are going to uh, lead to actions, you know. And so um, I, I think how you do that is he, he gives you an answer. You know, he says, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so if your hope is in Christ, then then your mind will be, you know, your mind will be on Christ, you know, and your heart will be on Christ rather than, you know, on the flesh and the acts of the flesh, which, you know, is sexual immorality, which is greed, you know, hatred, anger, all of those things are acts of the flesh. And so, so if your hope is in Christ, then um, your mind is going to be on Christ. And so that's this important thing um, to look to because, I mean, as a, as obedient children, he continues on, you know, he says, do not be conformed to evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So you used to live in these things, right? And this is the, um, this is also evidence of salvation too, is that, you know, you used to live in these things. So, you know, once you're saved, you know, it doesn't, it might not just happen, you know, um, automatically all these sins and temptations go away. And, you know, sometimes, they um tempt more and more temptations come at you and, and Satan tries to attack you more and your flesh um desires more because now for the first time you're denying those things. And so um and so a lot of backlash is gonna come at you, whether that's spiritual um backlash or your body um just yearning for whatever you used to just feed it. Um I mean, so so you know, it's either it's just it's two distinct things, and we're gonna kind of get into this later on. Is you know you're either going to feed your flesh or you're going to feed your your spirit, and so um, just keep that in mind, you know, as we're talking about this. But um, being self-controlled, I kind of want to talk about this, right? Because he says be self-controlled. Um, it is you know it takes devotion, 
Um, and you know, what is self-control? Well, it's the ability to, you know, manage your thoughts, um, your behaviors, your actions, um, you know, things like that, or your, your emotions. So not, um, ignoring your emotions or ignoring your thoughts or just simply avoiding certain actions, but rather you're in control of them. Does that make sense? They're not in control of you. And, 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 you know, so like, how can you make that distinction? Well, when you try to stop something, um, and you're unable to do that, let me just tell you that you are not in control of that thing, if that makes sense. And so like when, when it was revealed to me, you know, um, when my eyes were finally clear that, you know, of the evil of pornography and masturbation, you know, it was, it was like, you know, this, this veil has been removed from my eyes and I could see clearly that, you know, yes, Christ loves us and yes, Christ wants the best for us and things like that. But, and yes, I'm not perfect, but we have a, we have a command to be holy and so we have to work towards that. We have to work towards being like Christ. And so to look at pornography, to look at, um, you know, those things, uh, to, to be sexually immoral, to be greedy, to be angry, or to be angry, um, it's contrary to Christ. And so, you know, this is not a works-based salvation, but rather um, this is, you know, spiritual discipline in order to be made holy like Christ in, in, in that pursuit of righteousness. Um, and so like the, it's a pursuit, you know, it's not, um, it's not something that we can fully obtain, but it's a pursuit of something that we should be chasing after. Um, so yeah, so being self-controlled, uh, you know, managing those thoughts, feelings, emotions, behaviors, actions, everything that is you, right? Um, that's going to take devotion. Um, it's going to take devotion to the Lord, um, and, and, and to the Lord above ourselves. It, it's literally just everything against being selfish because being selfish is, is watching pornography. Being selfish is being angry at someone because they hurt your feelings and you just want to sit there and be, be angry, right? It's, it's, it's selfish. And, um, and so, I just want to ask you a question, like, how can we devote our mind, um, body, and soul to the Lord? You know, how can we even begin to do that? Well, devotion, I think, starts with discipline. And so um, and so, as you become more disciplined, um, like reading the Bible, um, like reading God's Word, like God's Word is alive. It's breathing. It's, it's God. Um, it, it, it's God you know, ordained. It's, it's everything that he wants us to know. And so if you read that, you know, that's going to, um, that's going to lead to, you know, you being fed spiritually rather than you, um, watching a show that has naked people in it, you know, that's going to feed your flesh, um, and, and your lust and things like that. So what are you feeding? You know, um, are you feeding your flesh? Or are you feeding your spirit? And so devotion starts with discipline and discipline is not easy. You know, it's not, it's not easy, but, you know, uh, when you start to like, when you start to work out, you know, um, if, if just to give you an example, when you start to work out, you know, as the more you do it, the, the, hopefully the easier it becomes. And I think it does become easier because you, because, uh, as you are, you know, saying, no, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, I'm going to go. And 
you're, you're kind of forcing yourself to do it and it's uncomfortable. It's like, uh, I'm going to go sweat. I'm going to get gross. I'm going to feel tired. You know, I don't want those things. So your body's telling you no, but it's actually good for your body. You know, like, isn't that ironic? Like the breakdown of your muscles actually leads to your muscles becoming stronger. And so like the breakdown of your body, I think becomes like to, to make a analogy, go full circle. It, the breakdown of your body becomes the the upbringing of your spirit you know if that makes sense so as you're breaking down those muscles they're getting stronger they're getting bigger so as you're breaking down your body your spirit is getting stronger and more mature and so yeah devotion starts with discipline well discipline is not fun it's not easy but it eventually becomes a desire and so um and so like just like another to give you another example like when you eat a food um, that you didn't know that you would like, or you were kind of un, like uncertain. You finally, for the first time, decided to order something besides chicken tenders uh, with ranch dressing. You know, I'm guilty of that. But you, you finally decided to order something new, and you, you taste it, and you see that it is good, right? And so, like, as you as you go and do that, it becomes more and more of a desire, you know? So as you read God's Word, you taste and see that the Lord is good and, and it becomes more of a, more of a desire. And so, you know, a desire is built by discipline, right? Um, but, but, um, it, you got to start there and work your way up. Um, and it's going to be hard. It's not gonna be fun, but you can do it. And then, uh, and then being constantly reminded of, of how you were redeemed and bought by the blood of Christ, um, it will sustain you, you know? And I think, you know, as, as uh, Peter is reminding these Christians that, you know, this, it wasn't with like money or gold or any material thing, but it was with the blood of Christ. You know, it was with him willingly laying down his life. And, you know, as Easter is approaching, you know, I think it's really good to go and read um, just those chapters in the, in the gospels of just what was leading up to. And then was Jesus's crucifixion. And then afterwards, um, him raising from the dead. I think it's just so important to remember those things, to read those things, um, and just to read it so that you can just be renewed um, and, and replenished in that in that um, knowledge of, of who God is and what he did for you. And so, you know, I'm very forgetful. So it's important to constantly be reading those things and re- uh, renewing your mind in those things. Um and then in the le- in the later um, part of the chapter, you know, he says that now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, this is verse 22, um, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again. Again, he's saying you have been changed, you've been saved, so act differently, you know, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Like Christ was the, the um, perfect, you know, sacrifice and something that will christ will last forever you know because he's the son of god he is eternal and so it wasn't just something that perishes after you know it gets old but it's something that was you know that's everlasting and so i just think that without you know without uh without becoming like christ without without salvation we can't love one another uh, properly you know, and so you can't love someone the right way or the way that they deserve to be um, loved 
without obeying the truth that is Christ, you know, without following his word, we can't expect to do that. And so um, it, it's, it's just an important thing to remember. Let's continue on uh, in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Again, this, or I don't know if I reminded you, but I'm reading out the NIV, um, just in case you're curious. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And so if 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 you know Christ, right, he's saying you are a chosen people, that you are chosen by God, that God knew um knew you and, and God and God made you right because you are his creation so who, who better than than the person that created you like who better to know you than the person that created you and so he's saying that you are a priesthood you're 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 a holy nation you you belong to God and so and so and he called you out of this darkness and so and, and he said that once you were not a people but now you are the people of God you have a family you have a father in heaven you have a brother like you have a brother um who is is christ and 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 who loves you so much that he laid down his life for you and so and and, and he says once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy and so i just think that this um just goes it just goes against the okay well now i'm saved let me use my salvation to do whatever I want to, to please my body, to do, um, to do all those things. It just goes against it because he's saying, you know, you, you used to not receive mercy, but now you have. And so let, let me show you what that is. And, um, and, and he even says like as aliens and strangers, that's what we should be to the world because we should be totally different from them. We shouldn't be made like the world, but rather we should be totally alienated from it, strangers from it, nothing of like our sinful desire, you know, and this just goes to show, I think sometimes we overlook it or we just throw out um, the word sin and we just don't understand the weight of that. This sin is why Jesus Christ had to die. Like sin is the reason why um, the one and only son of God had to go and die on the cross and yes, he did it willingly because he loved you. But don't don't uh, don't diminish the weight of sin. Um, but rather acknowledge it and then see how Christ just lifted it up and just destroyed it. You know, like he he just totally took care of it, and it just shows you how much more God's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness is. Like it just shows you how much more that is. The more and more you, you your sin is revealed, the more and more you see how God's grace and forgiveness and mercy prevailed. And like that, I think that's so powerful. But yeah, sin wages war on your soul. And so take it serious. Um, there's consequences of sin. Take it serious. Um, so if you have believed and called on the name of the Lord, you belong to Christ. Know that. 
Um, you were called out of darkness to be a light in the world. And so, and so, so live that way, guys, live that way. Um, first Peter chapter four, one through two, it says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And like, there it is right there. Like kind of what we were talking about earlier, like Peter has these points, like kind of, um, kind of throughout the whole, um, letter, you know, of first Peter. And, you know, it's, it's, it's having an attitude of suffering like Christ did, like Christ, um, put his body through suffering. He rejected his flesh because why? Well, we just talked about it right earlier was that because as your body is suffering, your spirit is, is being replenished and is being renewed and it's being strengthened. And so as you deny your flesh, you start to please your spirit. And it's, it's just, you, you, you'll see it. it's life changing when you start to do it. And when you start to live, um, for the Lord, um, and you start to live out your salvation, you know, and so let, let's, let's kind of talk about what God's will is for you, right? Because as a result, right. Um, well, let's read it again. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. So that means that you you no longer have an attitude um, towards just going out and deliberately sinning like you want to fight it. You're in the fight. Um, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Well, what is the will of God? Let's let's read it. It's in um. It's there. It's in First uh, Thessalonians, and yes, Paul is talking to the Thessalonians, but um, I think this applies to us too. And it says in in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three through eight, it says, "It is God's will that you should be sanctified." What does that mean? That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in the this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you and warned you, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects his instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. And that's just some heavy words, but this is God's will for you is to be sanctified, right? Be holy because I am holy. And so let me just show you the distinction between, you know, self-control and and lust. You know, what's what's the difference there? Well, self-control, you know, is God's will for you to be self-controlled. It's it's God's will for you to be sanctified. It's God's will for you to be able to control your body, to be holy, to be honorable to live a holy life um, with God, um, you know, by the Holy Spirit. You know, what is lust? Well, that's sexual immorality, right? That's passionate lust. You just do whatever you feel like um, doing. You just please your body uh, like the pagans or the heathens. You take advantage of other people. Um, lust is, you know, it is you, you punish other people or you're punished. You know, you're punishing your body. Um, although you may think that you're, um, pleasing your body, you're actually punishing it. Um, sins, you know, it's full of sin, uh, impurity, 
um, you reject instruction and teaching. So you hear good teaching, but you reject it. And so that's the distinction between self-control and lust. You know, um, you have to choose which path you're going to go. You have to choose which path you're going to take. You know, is it going to be the self-controlled one or is it just going to be acting in lust, you know? And so um, here, here's this thing. It says uh, in my notes, it says you will control your sexual desires or you will be controlled by them. And, you know, I think that uh, this is very important because, you know, lust is a very strong desire for someone. And I do think that some that someone can also turn into something like what pornography does, because you're not even with someone, you're with yourself, you know, but I'm going to kind of get into that. So there's like, there's costs of lust, right? And so as you start feeding your body, here are some of the consequences of it. You start to have sexual thoughts and, uh, and fantasies, you know, these thoughts, um, you know, as you feed them and only make some of them grow. Um, it's like, um, it's like shopping with no money. Like you have, you have no, um, like it's not realistic. Like it's it's all fake. It's nothing real. And so Satan is trying to get you hooked on something that is that is fake. That is not genuine. And and Christ is saying, you know, um, you know, Christ is saying, you know, I have something real for you. And and that marriage is between a man and a woman. And um and and it's and the two become one flesh. And it's something that's holy. It's something that's righteous. You know, it's something that's precious. And so um, just, just think about that um, for a second. So as you have thought about that for a second, um, let's go on to the second, you know, cost of lust. Like what does lust cost? Um, what is pleasing your body and your flesh cost you? Um, well, it, it, it causes you to have sexual acts outside of God's design of marriage. You know, like I just got done talking about like how, Marriage is between a man and a woman, and and as that man and woman um, become married, they become one flesh, you know, and so they join together, and and sex is a symbol of that that um, two becoming one, and so this can be anything as of like oral sex, anal sex, um, vaginal sex, it can be sexting, um, which is talking about sex over text message. It can be sending uh, nudes, sending um, nude images of yourself to other people. Um, and, and so like, these are, these are, um, you know, these are real things, you know, uh, these are things that are outside of um, God's design when it's not, you know, in marriage. And when it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but when it's outside of God's marriage, any sexual act, you know, is, is sin, you know, and it is lust and it's not love. It's contrary to love. The third is pornography. And this is a big one, um, that I struggled with, you know, and you know, whether that's on social media, um, whether that's uh, virtual reality, um, you know, which is not, it's not real. Right. And then whether that's apps or the internet, you know, um, those things become addicting, you know, um, you become addicted to, uh, let's just say, you become addicted to just uh, variety. You know, you're no longer uh, just, you no longer can be just satisfied by just, you know, one person, your wife or your husband, but rather you're you're attracted to some type of fantasy, you know, some type of fetish, 
um, some type of just sexual just uh, dysfunction, you know, um, whether that's, you know, pre-ejaculation or anything like that, like you struggle um, to be intimate with another person because in reality, you know, if you're watching pornography like by yourself, you're 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 having sex um, with yourself. That makes sense. And that goes to our fourth cost of lust, you know, which is masturbation. And so masturbation is sex by yourself or with yourself. It's also sex with the same sex, too. And so just going into the brokenness. And this is what can happen, you know, leading from self-control, um, like having like having self-control on one end, right? You're, you're in control of your actions. Well, this is the opposite. You're not in control. Um, and if you need if you need proof that you're not in control, try stopping and not doing it again and see how long you go. And that's a good evaluation of how in control you are of your porn or how in control you are of your sexual thoughts or fantasies or how in control you are if you're having sexual acts outside of marriage. Try stopping those and seeing how long you can last because that will be a good indicator of like you're not in control of it. Like you're going to go back to it because you're feeding your flesh and as you feed your flesh more, you're just you're just um, building up an addiction to it, and so not not to mention that sex outside of marriage, you know, there's you know increase in risk of pregnancy, obviously, because when you're not having sex, that's a hundred percent rate of not becoming pregnant. But when you start to have sex outside of marriage, you know, there's a chance that you're going to get pregnant or make someone pregnant, and so that might lead to an abortion, which then if you look at it, you know, if you look at it, your lust just costed you the the life of someone if if you did abort um, that baby, you know, so lust costs you life, you know, that's important to realize too. Um, but yeah, masturbation is robbing you of intimacy uh, with one person, you know, so with your husband or your wife, um, like I said, it's addicting, um, because of like the, the dopamine, uh, that it gives off, you know, during your climax, your, 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 your brain is hit with a rush of dopamine, which is like, do this more experience this more. It's like, it's, it's at a heightened rate, you know, when you're at a climax. Um, I also heard this story. Um, it was, I don't know if I heard it from the becoming something, podcast uh, with JP. I think, yeah, I think it was JP uh, told the story. He obviously might've heard it from someone else, but it's like a story of a boy who got caught, um, got caught masturbating. Right. And, and, um, he was caught by his dad. And then, so his dad, you know, went downstairs or whatnot. I don't know, um, the exact story, but his dad made fun of him. And after he made fun of him, this boy then had to like, this boy then had to find a way to, um, you know, satisfy his flesh, you know, satisfy his lust, um, his, his sexual desire and his sexual dysfunction somewhere else. And so what did he do? Well, he would, um, he would go outside, right. For the rest of like his, his, uh, young life. And he would, um, he would put on his boots and he would go and he would masturbate 
um, outside. Yeah, this was JP who told this story when I was listening to his podcast, um, Becoming Something. And so, um, like, he would go and masturbate outside, and so he didn't know where to look. And, like, so when he looked, um, he, he looked down at his boots, right? And so when he looked down at his boots while he was masturbating and he experienced that climax, right, that hit of dopamine, well, what was he looking at? What was he smelling? You know, what was he hearing? And, you know, the thing that he was looking at, well, that was his boots. And so eventually, like, as he became an adult, you know, he was interviewed and, and he cannot reach a sexual climax without his boots on. And so just think about that for a second, the consequences of your sin. You know, like what dysfunction, like what sex, sexual dysfunction um, are you experiencing? Like, are you able to have intimacy? Are you, do you have to have a certain, um, you know, are you attracted to a certain smell? um instead of a person you know are you attracted to um a scenario rather than the actual person that you're with you know are you attracted to those things um and you know it's again it's just it's just like it's addicting you to variety like you're not content with with one person rather you want multiple different people and also another thing is that this this doesn't go away just because you get married so my like so the single people that are listening um fight this and and get it out of your life flee from the temptation of lust and sexual sin because the, it it doesn't go away just because you get married um rather like wouldn't you want to be free like for your for your wife or your husband you know um so that you can focus solely on her or him um but with all this being said, you know, we're talking about self-control and we're talking about lust. Let me just kind of explain that, that there and express that there is hope in Christ. There is hope in Christ because that, that precious lamb without defect, that, you know, that he died for you. He gave up his own life so that you may have life and have life eternal. And I promise you that that life that he, that he died, um, like that life that he died and died for to, to give you life. Let me, let me, let me tell you something that it wasn't so that you can just live in, in lust and sin, but rather it was so that you can grow to be self-controlled and to be made holy and righteous and to be sanctified right is god's will for you to be sanctified to be made holy to be set apart from the world and so christ died for that so so re remember that that christ died for your sins so that you don't have to be um in bondage to those anymore that you don't have to be in jail or in chains um to pornography or to whatever it may be um you don't have to be in those chains anymore and in fact, if you have believed that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died for you, and if you have confessed that or professed that with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that he is the Son of God, that he died for you, then, then you are saved. So that is 
without doubt or question, right? But let me tell you, Jesus has more for you than just to, to save you, right? He has more for you. He wants a holy life out of you. He wants you to live a holy life. He wants you to live a life full of joy and, and love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All of those fruits, that's the kind of life that he wants for you. He doesn't want the life that's sexually immoral, that's um, that's full of anger and hate and malice and, and all of those things. He doesn't want that life for you, but rather he wants a life that is full of those fruits of the Spirit. And so let me just tell you, if you don't know Christ, um, it, let me tell you that he will set you free from this because Christ is the cure um, for lust. Like Christ is the cure for it because he died so that you don't have to be drawn to those things, but rather you can be drawn to him. And so the cure for lust is Christ. And, and, and with Christ, you become, become self-controlled, which is, you know, how you fight lust and, and how you stay away from it. So um, make sure that as you're battling this, make sure that you're confessing um, these sins um, to to someone that you trust to to I don't know uh, an accountability group some so tell someone because remember Peter kind of talked about it is that you've been called out of darkness so don't keep it in the dark don't hide it because eventually it's going to be revealed anyways so just get it all out there um, and then also incorporate prayer and um, and people in this like I already said the people part right but incorporate prayer too. Make sure that you have people praying for you and for this thing specifically. Don't leave it as unspoken, but rather speak it and, and tell it how it is. Like, hey, I've been battling my pornography addiction and masturbation for three years now, and I can't get rid of it. Can someone help me? Can someone pray for me and do that? Um, um, and then repent. So so as you pray, um ask God to save you and to lead you from these temptations, right? Uh, to, to leave, to lead you away from them, right? Um, to lead you away from those temptations, ask God to, uh, renew your mind and your heart and, and make it, um, for him, you know, and then also remember it takes devotion to the Lord. And what does devotion take? It takes discipline that turns into a desire to serve God and to be devoted to him. And so start out being disciplined, and then I promise you that it will grow to a desire that will then be to be devoted to God. And so turn from that sin. Turn away from it. Don't, don't feed it anymore because you never know. Because, because this, this, guys, it, it may be the last day that you have ever um, looked at pornography. It may be the last day that you have ever masturbated. Um, it, it might be it, it will like it might be the last day that you've ever had um you know a sexual act outside of God's design and marriage for you just think about that because because that's what is in Christ is that hope that that today is the last day that you have ever done it or yesterday was or the day before whenever the last time you did it that was the last day because tonight or whenever you're listening to this god has something new for you and so 
That, that's it, guys. I, this is a long episode, but I mean, I think it's such a um, a cool topic. I pulled um, I pulled all all my stuff from God's Word, um, but I also did, you know, kind of take the the um, the 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 story of the boy. I took that from JP from Becoming Something podcast. So if you have not listened to that, that's a great podcast to go listen to. Um, you know, they're a church down in Waco, Texas. And so I did pull, um, that story from, from JP. So credit to him for that. Um, but I just think it tied in well with, you know, what I was talking about with self-control and what Peter was talking about, about it. And then what, um, Paul was telling the Thessalonians about it. And so this is Peter's message to, to, uh, Christians. This is Paul's message to the Christian Thessalonians. And this is uh, and this is my message to the listeners is to is to it's God's will for you to be sanctified. And so how do you do that? Um, and start being becoming devoted to the Lord uh, through discipline and then that grows to a desire. So that's it, guys. Um, just thank you for listening. I know this was a long episode. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everyone who listens and um if you don't mind, like share it, uh, send it to someone. Uh, just if if you think or you know that they struggle with it, or even if you don't know, just send it to them because you never know. Because like this is something that is an issue in in churches, you know, not just the world. Um, the world's addicted to it too, but um, this is an issue in churches as well and to Christians. So uh, send that to them. I appreciate every single one of you for listening. And whatever time of day it is, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Um, and, and just God bless y'all. And I'm praying for each other and, and every one of you that are listening. And just thank y'all so much. But just have a good rest of your day, y'all. And, uh, and, and talk to y'all next week. Yeah.